It's the second Sunday of Lent here at Good Shepherd Catholic Church in State College, Pennsylvania. The date is March 1st, 2015. Today's readings come from Genesis, chapter 22, verses 1 through 2, 9a, 10 through 13, and 15 through 18, as well as Romans, chapter 8, verses 31b through 34. The Gospel proclamation is from Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 10. Today's homily is given by Father Charlie Amershack. Oh God, on the mountain of transfiguration, you call us to listen to your beloved Son. Help us to open our ears and our hearts. Help us to listen because your word is life for us. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated now to listen to God's word in Scripture. What kind of God would ask Abraham to sacrifice his beloved son Isaac on the altar of obedience? What kind of dad would even consider doing such a thing and why? A reading from the book of Genesis. God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am. God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. When Abraham and Isaac came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. The angel said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you, and I will make you offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore, and your offering shall possess the gates of their enemies. And by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves, because you have obeyed my voice. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And in his letter to the Christians of Rome, 
St. Paul reminds us that God did not spare God's beloved Son so we could have life. Would such a God look for reasons to condemn us? A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, if God is with us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died. Yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus took Peter and James and John and led them up on a mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say, they were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice, This is my beloved son, listen to him. Suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone, except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I came over to church for the 5.30 Mass yesterday, and the music ministers were practicing, tuning up, warming up, and I walked over to them and I said, what's different about tonight? They looked around the church, they looked at me, they, they, I don't know, I said, for the first time in weeks, we're not having a snowstorm before the Saturday night mass. It's bright and beautiful and sunny. And one of the ladies in, in the choir looked at me and she said, yeah, but it's going to snow tomorrow. <laughs> at which point I said, now that is a Johnstown, Pennsylvania response. You can have a beautiful day in March, gorgeous, warm, sunny, 
And if you say, what a great day, if you're from Johnstown, you'll say, yeah, but we're going to pay for it in April. Yeah, we're going to pay for it. Imagine my dismay this morning when I looked out the window and saw that again. Oh, no. It's cold. It's snowy. Oh. But I opened the paper. One of my favorite columnists had a really interesting column today, Leonard Pitts. I don't know if you read Leonard Pitts, but I do. I think he's so insightful. And his column today is about the temptation song, My Girl. Leonard Pitts is celebrating that this week, the first week of March, 50 years ago, my girl soared to the top of the charts. As he says, my girl by the temptations is one of those songs everybody knows. It is the most perfect thing ever recorded. You can disagree, of course, and that's fine. You have the right to be wrong and to celebrate whatever song suits your fancy in your newspaper column. But here on this piece of real estate, however, the judgment stands. My girl is the most beautiful song ever written. He makes the point that everybody knows my girl and can sing along with it. I got sunshine on a cloudy day. Come on. And when it's cold outside, I got the month of May. I guess you'll say what can make me feel this way, my girl. I'm talking about my girl. Beautiful, beautiful. By the way, I sing this song to Ziva, my dog, every morning. Uh, you would think that Ziva would wag her tail in joy and happiness. Ziva looks at me out of the corner of her eyes like an embarrassed teenager. Dad. So what does the temptations and my girl have to do with the gospel today? You got to admit that Jesus transfigured on the mountain is a sunny day, huh? He, as we said to the kids when they were leaving, he was so filled with the love of God, the love of Abba, that he glowed. You could see it on the outside. But the story of the transfiguration appears in the gospel after a really cloudy day. The day where he tells him, he tells them, his disciples, the Son of Man has to go and be, be killed, be crucified. And then Peter says, no, oh, no, no, Lord, don't let that happen to you. It's just starting to turn in our favor. People are following us. 
don't talk about that. And that's where the Lord says to Peter, get behind me, you Satan. You're trying to distract me from the Father's will. Get behind me. Follow me. It's a cloudy day, huh? To hear from Jesus that if we're to be his followers, we have to die to ourselves. We have to let go of control of our lives and give ourselves over to God. To God's will. To God's life. We at Good Shepherd hear the voice of God saying, Church, get living. Somehow, get living connects to dying to self. Giving up your own life so that you can bring life to others. But it strikes me that in order to do that, in order to do that, we need the discipline of Lent. Matthew Kelly in his book, The Four Signs of a Dynamic Catholic, not a dead Catholic, not a listless Catholic, a dynamic, energy-filled Catholic. He talks about the discipline of prayer, giving time every day to God. He says five minutes. Yes, yes, start with five minutes. The discipline of prayer fills you up as it filled Jesus. He talks about the discipline of reading, reading good material, reading from the Word of God, reading about the Word of God, reading about the life of the church. He said, five minutes a day, the discipline of reading can help you to grow, can help to be filled with the life of God and being generous, giving ourselves to others. How can we be filled with God if we don't empty ourselves of ourselves? When I read the story of the transfiguration, you know, they climb up a mountain. That couldn't have been easy. I've been to that mountain in Israel. It was a crazy car ride in a, in a cab driven by a crazy Palestinian. It's a steep hill. It takes discipline. It takes work to get to the mountain where we can encounter God and be transfigured by God. Church, get living. I got sunshine on a cloudy day. And when it's cold outside, I got the month of May. I guess you'll say, what can make me feel this way, my Lord? I'm talking about my Lord. 
Thanks for listening to this week's service. For more information, including upcoming events, please visit us online at goodshepherd-sc.org.